Good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord. I'm just excited to be in worship with my church family. I thank God for, I didn't get all good news this week, but God is still good. And I'm so glad that he's my Lord and he is my savior. I thank God for my co-laborers in the gospel, Bishop Harris. I thank God for my bishop because in my first lady, they have led us through difficult times and I praise God for their wisdom and their example. I thank God for the co-laborers, Minister Daniel Branch and Minister Randall and Dr. Brooks and how they have brought forth the word of God during our time and our period. I praise God for them. I thank God that no matter what happens, the word will stand and I praise God for that. And one of the things that keep happening is the theme of relationship. I believe Bishop talked about how God was our Abba Father, our Daddy, and how much he loved us. And Minister um, Danielle Branch, I praise God for her teaching on cabin fever. And she taught us how to deal with our spells and how to build relationship with God and with others. And then Minister Randall, he talked about that there is power in the presence of God. And he admonished us to keep being in the presence. So he presented this thirsty 30 challenge and it's awesome. And I thank God for Dr. Brooks, how she said we must walk in the light. And one of the things she said was, you have to know the life to experience the life. And all of this brings us to relationship. And I wanted to continue in that vein on this morning. The scripture, I'm going to read it in the New King James and also the message. And I just want you to listen today. I want to talk to you. I don't know where we're going to end. All I know is the word is powerful by itself. But um, God just impressed upon my heart that he wants to have a intimate relationship with each of us. And we all can go to another level in him. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 27 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended, the flood came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be likened unto a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall to make it plain for us. And the message says, knowing the correct password saying master, master, for instance, 
isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience, doing what my father wills. I can see it now at the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me saying, Master, we preached the message, we bashed the demons. Our God-sponsored project had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You are out of here. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in, the waves came up. It collapsed like a house of cars. And today I want to come to you from a subject built to last, built to last. H.B. Charles Jr. gave this illustration. One day there were there was two men and they struck up a conversation while they were waiting for their building permits. They discovered that they were going to be neighbors. They began their building projects about the same time. They, one of the men, he immediately laid his foundation. The other man took his shovel and he just began to dig. Sometime later, the first man, the next thing you know, he's erecting the frame of his house. The other man is still digging. The first man put his walls in the roof up. The other man is still digging. And one day his wife came, the man with the shovel, his wife came and bought him lunch. And he, she said, this is the last time I'm going to bring you lunch. This is embarrassing. The house across the street is about to have their housewarming party and you are still digging. And as she began to leave, the husband said, hey, babe, I think I don't found what I'm looking for. I found some hard ground. And then she began, he began to build his house. And then all of a sudden she's happy. And then he began to lay down the foundation build the, the framing, putting the, the roof on, the walls up. And so he began, he finished his house. And then the first night that they stayed in there, a storm happened. The wind was blowing, the, the rain was hitting on the house. The floods were rising. And, and the wife said, look, honey, 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 wake up. Because they, look at the house across the street, the storm. That house is tilting now. It's tumbling over. The man was too tired to even get up. And he slept right through the storm. In our text today, and today, built to last. In our text today, Jesus is at the end of his discourse of the Sermon 
on the mount. While he had many great nuggets, he chose to end his sermon on how to build real relationship and to build a life that would last, a life of eternity. In Matthews, he said, you know, there's going to be a whole lot of people that run up to me on the last day. And they're going to say, you know, Lord, they're going to be proud saying it. Lord, we've done many things in your name. We've done great things in your name. We've prophesied. We cast out demons. We even did great wonders. But Jesus' response is going to be, I never got to know you. Of course, God knows who we are. But the scripture implies that he never got to know us intimately. Therefore, he commanded them to depart from him. You did these things for your own gain. You used my name to accomplish these works, but you never took the time to know me. You were so busy working, but you did not take the time to replenish by getting in my presence and communing with me. You never asked me, Lord, what is your will for my life? Am I on the path that you have ordained for me? Am I doing what people think I should do? Or am I doing what you have purposed me to do? Have you moved that I am still in the place where you used to be? Jesus tells the listener, the way that you develop a relationship with me is by hearing and doing the will of the Father doing the will, doing the word of God. It is a life of obedience. It is not just doing it sometimes, but this is a consistent effort that you put forth. It is not, I pick and, and I choose what I would do. It is obeying consistently what God has commanded you to do. As you learn, you do. This is not a religious work that we can do on our own, but this can only be done through grace, faith, and the working of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So what we learn from this is, that relationship is not exhibited by demonstrating great works. It is not saying the right things out of your mouth or offering lip service and our hearts are disconnected. It is not learning religious vocabulary or memorizing Bible verses and religious songs, but have not obeyed God's will. True relationship and followership are exhibited when the follower humbly and obediently follows the commands of God. It will require surrender, submission, and obedience. There are times where there will be conflict. You feel like you're stretched. You feel like you're worn. But you know that you are on the right path because you are doing the will of God. You are willingly following and being obedient to God. In the, in the parable of the builders, 
There was a wise builder and a foolish builder. One builder built on the rock and the other on the sand. Then there was the test of the storm. Jesus teaches three lessons from this parable on how our relationship and life can be built to last, can be built for eternity. The first thing is we must build on a firm foundation. The strength of a building lies in its foundation. The purpose of the foundation is to hold the structure above it and keep it upright. The role of the foundation is to support the load or the weight of the entire building, to keep the building sturdy while forces of nature wreak havoc on it, but it keeps its occupants safe from calamity. We must build so that the water, the moisture of the ground will not destroy the foundation. It must be able to withstand the dead weight or the dead load and the live load. The dead load is the weight of the structure. The live load is the weight of the people in it, as well as the objects in the building. Now, Matthew says, therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. James says this, but we must be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving ourselves. So it's not enough to hear it. It's not enough to know it, but we have to integrate the word of God in our lives. In this verse, Jesus described how the wise build on a solid foundation which is the rock. Here Jesus described wisdom is it, not it, it, wisdom as what you do with what you know. So is what you whatever you hear is what you do with what you have understanding to do. It is how you respond to the will of God. Wise people build their lives on the word, Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So the builder dug deep to lay the foundation. It was not surface, digging just enough to get the house up, but it went deep into the ground until it got to the hard surface. Building a relationship with Christ is not going to happen overnight. Building a relationship with Christ is going to require you to expose yourself and be vulnerable before God. Join him all of those things that you are not proud of, but you say, here I am, God. I want a permanent relationship with you. So God, I want to be intimate with you. If intimacy takes time, just like in your own life, there are certain relationships in which you are closer to some people than others. Some people you are more open to share with than others. It's the same way. Building a relationship with Christ is one of those things. It's not what you say. It, it's, it's based on those Experiences that you have. It's not you knowing about him. It's you 
um, experiences who he is within your life. So building a relationship with Christ is a day by day. In some cases, it's minute by minute. It's just, it just depends on where you are in your life. But today it's possible. It's possible to build a relationship with God. In our relationship with Christ, we're not here because we just ended up here. We're here because he loved us first. Can you somebody just thank God for loving you first? He loved the good about me. He loved the ugly about me, but he accepted me and he loved me first. And we can never catch up with his love. His love is so vast. He loved me first. I don't know, some of you are saved today. Some of you are on your journey and your way of knowing who God is. But my life won't always clean. There were some ugly things in my life. But when I got up close and personal to God and I began to allow him to see me and I begin to see who he is and what he did for me and the ability that he had to change me. I'm trying to tell you, my life began to change. My thinking begins to change. My desires begin to change. That's why I say this is not something that you can do on your own, but you have to invite God in because I believe and I know for a fact that when you invite God in, he is able to shine light in every dark place. He's able to take the ugly and to mold it in something to something beautiful. God, he is the one who is the giver in this relationship. God is the giver of love. And today, I just want you to know that I don't care where you are in your relationship. It can be built. It can be intimate. You, you have no shame in God. After many experiences, now I believe God. Now I trust God. I struggled with that at the beginning of my relationship, but now I know who he is. Knowing God involves encountering him. And encountering him, that means that you will have some challenges, some trials, some tribulations, some, some dark times. But then you will get to know God. I don't think that I will ever fathom the love of God. It blows my mind. But he keeps on loving us. And I'm so grateful to him. Now, there was another builder that was in this parable. It was the foolish builder. Proverbs 1 and 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. This foolish builder, he built on sand, the unstable foundation without depth. From a relationship perspective, perspective there is no real intimacy. These types of builders, their relationship is selfish. They, they're in it for what they can get. They are on and they are off. One minute I want to serve God and I'm going all God hold. And the next minute I'm off. 
There is no real commitment, only excuses and complaints. This type of foundation signifies a relationship that may look religious, but their hearts are not in it. It's kind of like the Pharisees. They knew the law. They knew it to the exact point, but their hearts were not connect, connected. They had Jesus right in front of them, but they could not perceive him. They could not connect with him. These In this type of relationship, you know what to do, but you don't do it. You know what you're about to do is wrong, but you'll do it anyway. That's why we need God in our lives. It is characterized by people who are irresponsible and they just frivolously go through life, not really concerned about how what they do is affecting others, but they just continuously go through life. But today, I just want you to know there is hope. There's always hope. As long as you're breathing, there is hope and change can happen. Looking at these two houses or these two homes, they may have been similar in size, in the structure, material, and value. The difference was the foundation underneath the surface. What are you building your life on? Many today are building it on money, education, family, work, accomplishments, and success. The question is, will it stand? The second lesson we learned from this parable is we must build to stand the test of the storm. Even though both houses were built on different foundations, the rain blew on both houses, the flood rose against both houses, and the wind beat against both houses. Both houses had to face the storm. This teaches us that the storm is going to come, regardless of if you are in Christ or outside of Christ. The storm is going to come. Both the righteous and the wicked, wise and the foolish, home built on the rock and the sand, had to face the storm. The storms of life, they are, they are inevitable. They will come. Just because you have relationship with Christ does not exempt you from the storm. There was a, a, a in the Bible, in the gospel, there was a time where Jesus says, to the disciples, let's go. They had ministered, let's go to the other side. Jesus is with them. He says, let's go to the other side. The disciples are being obedient to him. But a storm erupted on the Sea of Galilee. And the, and, and the, the wind was blowing. The boat was rocking. And they could begin to go and say, Jesus, Jesus, we really need your help right now. Even though they followed the instructions of God, even though Jesus was in the boat, they had a storm. But Jesus came and he said he told the storm to the, the, the sea to be still, be peaceful and be still. And I just want you to know today, if you are going through the storms of life, God is with you. God is with you. As the rain began to descend on these two homes, we, we learned from my perspective, this was not a normal storm. 
It was more like a hurricane or a tornado. The torrential downpour of rain caused the floodwaters to rise and the wind was blowing forcefully. The fact is, is that there are times in our lives when it seems like trouble or, or the storm, it just dumps on us. It's one thing after another. And it seems like we're going to be swept away by our circumstances. But when the rains fall and the wind blow and the flood rise, God has everything under control. The Lord uses storms to teach us. H.B. Charles states this that you do not know how strong your anchor is until there is a tempest at sea. You do not know how deep your roots are until the wind starts blowing. And you do not know how real your faith is until you have to trust the Lord in the midst of the storm. But when your relationship is built on the rock, after the storm is over, you will still be standing. And I want to speak to those today that, you know, you haven't had too good of news. Things seems like one thing after the other is happening in your life. One challenge after the other, bad news after bad news. I just want you to know today that God is in the storm with you and he is in control. The storms will not overtake you. The storms will not, I'm going to say it again, this would not overtake you because if you are built on if your relationship is built on the word of God you are built to last I don't care what comes against you when you have the word of God because the substance of the Hebrews 11 one says and now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen and based on everything I read Jesus Christ is the substance and which holds our faith together. He is the hope. So if you got Christ in your life, if you are seeking after Christ and you are welcoming him in to your life and into your situation, God has everything in control. And after it's all said and done, you will still be standing. And not, you won't be the same person. You will be better than you were before the storm. Can somebody say amen? The third thing Jesus says, the third lesson that we can learn is build to be secure from disaster. Why life sometimes seems like it's just not fair. There is something greater that, that's worse than that. The greater thing that's worse than that is that we get to the judgment seat and God never knew who we were and we are cast into hell. Now that's worse than just enduring some of these songs because that's eternal. So build to be secure from disaster, build to be secure from destruction. Matthew 7, 24 and 25 says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them to a wise man who built his house on a rock and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. 
and everyone that heareth these things of mine and doth them not shall be likened unto the foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the flood came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Your relationship and life will stand with the Lord. When it's built upon the rock, it will stand. The house of the wise man stood because it was founded on the word of God, Christ Jesus. The word of God is imperishable. It is eternal. Psalms 119 and 89 says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Isaiah 40 and 8, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Matthew 24 and 35 says, heaven and earth will pass, but my words will by no means pass away. When you are built on the word of God, you are built to stand. So I don't care what come or what go, what storm you may be in, what trouble you may be in, what trial or challenge you may be in. If you build your relationship on based on the word of God, you will stand. I believe that Isaiah the prophet says, though I pass through the waters, I will not, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. I'm more, and we can begin to just say who we are. Because I'm trying to tell you, I, I'm a person that's been through a few storms. And in the storm, sometimes you feel defeated. In the storm, sometimes you feel worthless. In the storm, sometimes you feel like there is no way out. There is no end to this. I will not see the sun. But I believe the Bible said we've been made endure for a night. But joy will come in the morning time. I believe that he said that I'm your very present help in the time of trouble. So I don't know where, I don't care where you are. You are already victorious because you are built upon the rock, the rock Christ Jesus. So when he says he's going to do something, he is going to do it. It's already settled. You are more than a conqueror. You can make it through this storm even though you're perplexed. You are not going to be destroyed. God has already empowered you. He's already gotten the victory for you. So don't you be dismayed. Whenever the time, God will take care of you. No, no matter what comes or goes, God will take care of you. Thank you, Jesus. If you build your house in the sand, we will be destroyed. If we build our house, on unstable ground, on a foundation that's emotional. It's not solid because I, it's based on my emotions as to whether or not I'm going to serve God. It's not based on our love or my, my, my desire to know God and to change. It's based on emotion. If we are building our relationships on all of this unstable stuff, unstable 
ground. We're going to sink. We're not going to last. We're not going to be built to last. Though we perform miracles, though we preach messages of deliverance, though we preach messages that bring hope, if our ground is not built on the solid rock, then we will not be able to stand. We will be cast. In, in, the, in the last day, it's too late. But today, each of us have an opportunity to deepen our relationship. Each of us have an opportunity to know who Christ really is and to allow him into those places that we continuously hide. Each of us have that opportunity today. The truth is, is that Jesus, and I know people don't talk about this often, but the truth is, is that Jesus is coming back. We don't know when. Nobody can predict when. You know, just because things look bad, we say, oh, he's coming back. Oh, this, that, and the other. 2000, everybody thought the world was going to end. But this is what I'm saying to you now. It's real now because it's closer to the day when we first believe. The, 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 the stage is set. People are desperate for hope. Whoever can bring that hope, they'll fall for anything. That's the truth of the matter. It's set up for the mark of the beast. It's set up for the physical appearance of the Antichrist. It's set up for war. Everybody, you can feel the turbulence in the atmosphere. It's set up for war. It's set, it is set up for the let everything we have read about is set up to end it all. But today, you have an opportunity to, to get connected and to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. People, Jesus really is the hope of the world. Today, is your relationship surface or are you deepening the relationship? Are you still digging deep and to find out who God is? In my conclusion, Isaiah 53, 4 through 8 says this. Surely he have borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord have laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shear is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. Christ is our firm foundation. Only he could bear the dead weight and the live weight of the world. Only he could bear that. 
He was able to bear our sins, our sicknesses, our diseases, our iniquities. He was able to bear, you know, all of those things that would hinder us from being in relationship with him. His whole mission was to allow us to restore the relationship between mankind that was broken by sin. Thus, because of his love, he gave his life. Can you thank God for his life? Can you thank God for all that he's done for us? Not only did Christ die and he was buried, but he rose. David declared, the Lord lifted, blessed be the rock and let the God of our salvation be exalted. And today, whether you're in the storm or not, just begin to exalt God because praise shows faith in God. Praise begin to say who God, it begins to praise God for who he is and what he's capable of doing. So today, our Lord liveth. Blessed be the rock and let the God of my salvation be exalted. In the storm, let the God of your salvation be exalted. Through your trials, let the God of your salvation be exalted. Every now and then, you got to open up your mouth and you just got to let it in the midst of it, even though you feel weighted down. Let the God of your salvation be exalted. I want to end with this hymn. It says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchors hold within the veil. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the overwhelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found. And him my righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Today you are built to last when you allow, when you have intimate relationship with Christ and you allow him to begin to work in your life and you are willing and obedient and you follow his commands. So let's deepen our relationship with Christ Jesus. Let's be ready. Let's be built to last through our relationship with Christ Jesus. There's still hope. There's hope. If you're breathing today, there's hope. If you're breathing today, you can change. Because I know every day I seek to change. I seek to know God even more. So today, you are built to last. And if you don't feel like you are, you can be built to last because there is hope. 
when you build on the rock, the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Have a blessed week and and just begin to walk in victory because you already have victory. Amen. Well, bless the Lord for that powerful word coming from the Lord, built to last. And as she was ministering the word of God, I was just thinking right now, if you were a billionaire, you only have so much time to be here in this world. And most of the time when you got a whole lot, there's a whole lot to worry about. You're not sure about your relationships. Do you want me or do you want what I have? The enemy's job is to make you think if I had a little bit more, I would be happy. The truth is, if you had Jesus, he's able to make you happy and to satisfy your life. All other ground is sinking sand. My friend, if you were to die right now, where would you spend eternity? Matters not how well you're put away, but one day we have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account as to why we did or did not obey the word of God. I encourage you today to give your life to Jesus Christ. And if you just right now, right where you are, just raise your hand to him. Say, I believe Jesus Christ, that he came, that he died on the cross for my sin. Come into my life now and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Pray that prayer. Believe God and God will save you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you as our prayer in Jesus' name.